Hello everyone, welcome back to another Fireside Chat. This is our Fireside Chat 50. I can imagine guys, like it's been like 50 episodes, it's been like a long time we're doing that, eh? So yeah, if you listen to one, if you listen to one ap- uh, episode per week, it would take you almost a year. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> so almost a full year of uh, Fireside Chats. Um, so for you that is, if you are new to this channel, so basically like the Fireside Chat uh, is an idea that we had. So uh, I'm Sandra Mancuso, we have Machuk Padar and Jose Huerta. So we are the managing directors for Cojudens. And the idea for the Fireside Chat came from conversations that we used to have anyway. So after working hours, at least once a week, we would sit down, have a drink, talk about our day, talk about our week, or, or problems that, or things that we want to talk about in our industry, about craftsmanship, agile, product management, uh, and software development in general. And then we said, well, why don't we start recording this and then also give the opportunity for people to contribute to those discussions? And, and that's how the, the, the Fireside Chats uh, were created and we don't really plan for that. Like we normally choose a topic and, but we don't really, for example, I don't know what Mesh is gonna say or Jose is gonna say, or they don't know what I'm gonna say. We just choose a topic roughly like what would be the things that we are gonna cover, but that's about it. So the whole discussion will happen live in front of you. And we would also encourage you uh, to join us live uh, if you are on LinkedIn uh, or Twitter to join the YouTube uh, link because then you have the live chat and we would love you to be adding your comments, sharing your experience and also asking us questions and we we will be monitoring the the live chat. So, uh, oh yes, and then before we start, if you haven't done it already, subscribe to the channel, put a thumbs up because it helps the the video to be promoted to, to more people. So, okay, so, should you hire job hoppers? This is the topic for today. The reason that we chose this topic was I, I was contacted on, uh, uh, on LinkedIn, like we have a few jobs, a few positions available. Uh, and one of our key positions, like someone that you were looking for, is it, a key position. We wanted you to have it to be strategic, to stay with us for a long time. And someone came in and say, hey, I think I'm a perfect candidate for this role. And I would like to tell you uh, that I'm the best candidate for this role. And then the message was ex- very similar to this along those lines. And, I, and then I looked at this person's profile and I felt that that person would not be uh, suitable. And one of the criteria that I used, not the only one, but one of the main criteria that I used was for such a key uh, position, I wanted something that was more stable in that project, so in that, uh, in, that in, in, a, in, a, in an employment. And this person had changed jobs multiple times within a very uh, uh, short period of time. And within months, she, she changed a few jobs. And like you know, the maximum that she stayed there was closer, closer to two years. And then I shared this story on Twitter and a lot of people came back to me and say, hey, you should have given this person a, cha- a chance uh, or you don't know the context or why would you have this criteria? Some people was, yeah, absolutely. You made, you made the right choice. Others said, no, you did, didn't do the, the right thing. So, so with this context in mind, we decided why don't we debate this? So guys, let's start from what is a job hopper? So how do we define a job hopper? Is it like... Uh, yeah, how would you look at someone's CV and say like this person is a job hopper? 
I think someone on the channel said, Jao Faba is a person that works at one place less than two years. And that's a good place to start. Two years seems to be kind of a, almost like a magic number. Um, but I, I would say it's not just related to, uh, it, it's it's a pattern. The way, that's how I would say. Two, two years now in, in, like in the UK, for example, especially in London, in our industry, the average turnover is 1.5 or 1.4 years or something like that. So most people are job hopping in the industry. Uh, there is a lot of, um, and there, there is kind of, I think this is something we should discuss as well. Uh, certain market times see certain kind of turmoil where there's events that happen or, you know, suddenly certain markets start rising and people move quite a lot. Uh, but it's a pattern over the over their career where they are often in jobs for a very short amount of time. Uh, and that's how I would define a job hopper is that over a so they, they've established a pattern where they are staying at a short amount of time. That short time could be anything from obviously a few weeks to to up to up to even a couple of years if they're doing it over and over and over again um yeah that's how i would i would describe it yeah Jose, how would you would you describe it? <laughs> i think that's a good uh that's a good definition i would probably say uh less than a year like if if you don't stay for more than a year that then you're kind of hoping yeah mm. I see. Yeah, for me, for me, like the when you look at the patterns, because like of course that we we all have been in the two sides of the table, right? So we will in the past we worked for companies, we changed jobs a few times ourselves, and now we've been working for the same company, like in uh, how can I say in a position where we hire people. So we normally see the other side, uh, and and we see different patterns as well because we see people that are a bit more erratic but not in the sense of like they're it's not a, a good person we see people that sometimes they have like a 40-year uh employment uh in one company and then they go for a three months in another one and then another three years in one and then so those those people that have a mix of employment i normally would i would not consider a job hopper because like sometimes they go to a place they stay longer if they like and then they try something else maybe for whatever reason didn't work out and there can be many reasons um and then they stabilize again. But for me, a job hopper is someone that, like, when I look at their employment history, like, and, and I see a pattern of like four or five employments where the maximum that they stayed was closer to two years or two years. Like, and all the other ones are on average is a year or less. And that is for me someone that I would consider like uh, this person is job hopping. Of course, that at that point, we don't have the information of why that person changed. We only have the information that that person changed. And, and then, then the discussion was, okay, so with that little information, I mean, like you can see the, the employment history, uh, if this person was uh, looking for a job and you are in a position to hire, should we, should we hire? Or, or, I mean, should we give the opportunity for this person to come to the interview? And, and that is the, I think, a part of the conversation. 
So well, I think yeah. I think we should start with why do people jump off? No, because they they are if people do it, it's you know for a reason. And I think for me there are three main areas. No, one is. Uh, let's say you're doing it to acquire new skills, right? I don't know if you're a developer, you want to try cloud or you want to try, you know, mobile development or whatever, right? And then you you switch, you know, uh, to, to kind of um, gather those those skills. Uh, another uh, reason would be, again, a, a breadth of experience, maybe working in different sectors, working in different types of companies, startups, uh, product companies, et cetera, et cetera, yeah? And then there is the career bouncement uh, kind of thing, no uh, salary or you know title or uh, that kind of thing. And I think for me those are the three main. No, there there may be yeah. a driver for job hopping uh, around again. The the first two are more related to growth, or I would say, or, or learning for me. The other is more related to compensation or. Um, I think I think there are others. You've only mentioned the positive ones, <clears throat> the but there are others as well. Uh, th there is one. There is, so I'm kind of talking about like almost like type forms, right? So there is a t type which is they they have they know how to to do good interviews, but not good really that good at their job. Uh, or they have, um, or or they have often get don't get on with their coworkers. So they kind of takes them a bit of time to to then have a kind of like you could have, for example, quite an abrasive personality, right? And you start building a negative social credits with your coworkers. Nobody stands uh, you know, to you, no, kind of, kind of thing. That the most that they will, you know, be willing to tolerate you is, no, is this many, this many months, <laughs> right? After yeah, that, exactly. you know, come to a lot, come to a head, as it were. So, so there are other way reasons why, you know, there are kind of obviously more constructive reasons, but there are also a more, let's say. Um, yeah, re reasons that that are don't then don't make you a, a good good bet for a business, as it were, because that's the context that we are discussing it in. Is like we are looking to hire someone. You look at a job hopper, uh, someone who's been changing their jobs um, quite frequently, of course. Uh, but th then that has to play a part because actually hiring someone can be quite an expensive process, training them up, getting them embedded into the organization, all those kind of things. And if if you think, well, you know, you always look at past behaviors to predict the future, right? And you think, well, in the past, if, if this person has been in, you know, 10 different roles with less than one year in each role, what makes you so special that they will now spend a, a, a while with you? Yeah, so, so there is like, uh, for example, like one of the things in our chat, uh, by the way, the people that are on LinkedIn, uh, if you want to interact with more, it's easier for us sometimes to answer or reply on YouTube than on LinkedIn. But like we have your uh, question, uh, Glauber. Uh, so two, two things in here that talking about test on YouTube said, what about happiness? And then Glauber was uh, on LinkedIn said like, 
What if you had two candidates, but one explicitly says that if she uh, that that uh, he's a pre, uh, that this person is a freelancer, the other one hides that? Uh, does it change? Uh, and they have similar kind of periods uh, of employment. I'm just trying to summarize because it's quite long. Uh, so would one be considered job hopper, or have a red flag for overworking? Uh, what are the considerations here? So for me, there, I'll tackle both things. One, one is more related to the, for talking about tests, uh, testing uh, questions. Uh, he came from a personal perspective that the person left multiple jobs and the criteria used was happiness. So I, 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 get, I got some similar things like people saying like uh, happiness or uh, the, the culture of the organization, which is related to happiness, but all the different aspects that would make you unhappy. Uh, the, the thing here is that it's very difficult to know why, what was the reasons that that person left. But if, let's say, we are interviewing that person and the person will use that criteria, uh, for me, that would be a red flag. Because like a person that, one thing is to say, look, I was very happy my, uh, in one job, I left because I thought it was a great opportunity that I joined another company and that was not a good place for me. And I was very unhappy and then that's why I left. But when that happens, and I would take that, I'll take that sometimes you join an organization and it's not a good fit, right? So you're not happy there, whatever the situation. But you cannot use happiness as an excuse for five jobs in a row. Because a person that for five jobs in a row cannot find happiness, then we need to ask yourself, like, is it- What, what is the common exactly. denominator in this exactly. equation? What is the common <laughs> Exactly, so, so is it the person that, that has a very high bar for happiness or, or like all the, oh, she was really unlucky not to find a single place out of five? So for me, that would be uh, a, a massive- the, I would Before you go into, well. into the other one, there might be a generational aspect to that as well. Eh? Uh, I, I think uh, I don't know maybe it's my impression but I think we have more job hoppers now than we had in, in the past at least in, in the industry and it could be for a lot of reasons you mentioned you know the, the, the market and all that stuff but I think there's a generational aspect to that no that is these uh, you know do what you love and uh, you know but I, Fast results, I, I, I mean, you know, getting, getting impatient and wanting results really quickly, and you know, the the whole uh, entitlement kind of mindset. No, I deserve. Oh, okay, this. okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually a millennial, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what the boomers say. <laughs> but I, yeah, I do have millennial. a boomer mindset. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I although I would like to understand, like during the dot com bubble, I'd like to see if there was a similar similar problem with job hopping. I I think they might. I think markets play a big role. It's not just a. There might be a generational aspect, but markets play a huge role in. You know, if there's if there's someone calling you and some in your inbox, you're getting offers and recruiters are harassing you, there's a bigger chance that you will be, you may look look at other things, right? Oh, but there was, there was like, for example, one guy uh, that replied to me on Twitter, like he was saying like, look, during COVID, things became very unstable. Uh, and I worked mostly for startups and that time was 
I've changed jobs a few times during that period because everything was unstable. Not only uh, the whole thing about working from home and stuff, but businesses were unstable. And, and we went, for example, I remember I was in the UK during 2008, 2009, where we were in, uh, in a recession in the UK and I was made redundant at the time myself. And that, of course, shows in my CV. I was in a company that I left and I tried to do a startup and then went back to the same company uh, a year later. But, so but I didn't leave because hoping, I wanted. But is that no. job hoping? Because no, if, no. if you made redundant, no, then no, you're no. not choosing no, to no. leave. Eh? But, but this thing, because like when you look at someone's CV or, or job history, you don't know the reasons why they left. For example, I, I had a shorter tenure in, in, in one company that I liked. I would not leave that company. But I, I was made redundant. I had to leave. And then I tried to do something else that didn't work. And then I got a job back in the same company. But, but when, when someone looks at my CV, they will not have that history unless, it, uh, that, that, unless that I tell them what, what was the reasons. But I just wanted to go back to what Glauber was asking. Because uh, there is an economical aspect, but you need to really place when that those, those changes happened, as you said, Mesh, like was it? COVID, was it a recession in 2009 or, or, or whatever? Was it like the dot-com, uh, the, 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 or 2000 or whatever? So, but then there is an aspect of the kind of employment. This is the point that Glauber, uh, I think that you were trying to make, was if someone says I'm a freelancer and someone doesn't, so the nature of the work that the person is offering is different as well. Because someone might say, look, I want to become a freelancer and I offer, let's say, I want to offer, I'm a closure developer and I do closure or I do something else, right? So you, you specialize in one thing and you offer that service and then you go in, you do that job and you move on, you do the job again and you move on and do the job, but it's always within that specialty. Is it different, the perception from someone that omits that information? So you would infer that that person is a permanent. Uh, answering your question, Glover, I would, if I see that someone is a contractor or a freelancer and someone that doesn't provide me that information, and that's the only thing I have, because I think that is important to everyone that is listening, uh, that CVs exist for a reason, right? So when you are hiring, you cannot speak to every single person in the world. You need to do a triage. And that triage, every company, every person will have a criteria. And, and, and the, the, the depending on what you are looking for and that the, 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 the employment history is a criteria. And, and then for example, if I'm looking at a freelancer, I will look at this person potentially with good eyes. I need a freelancer to do some closure work for me because I just have a very short stuff that I need done and I need a specialist. And that would be the right thing to do. Get the freelancer, get that job done. Thank you very much. You go on your way. Uh, so, but if I'm looking for someone that, hey, we are building a culture, I want someone to join organizations, has the right mindset, like buying to the culture, I want this person to stay with us, and the job is far more broader than, hey, currently we have a, pro a closure project, but in the future we can have something else, then, then that, that short stunts, they will play against, because that's not, not what I'm looking for when I'm hiring. But the expectations are different, right? Because if you are a freelancer, you are self-employed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're changing jobs. You're, mm -hmm. you're, you're being uh, faithful, let's say, to your job. It's just you're working with different clients. You're, you know, the context of, of what you're doing is different. And the expectations that someone hiring you has, uh, I think, are different as well.
But there are, there are freelancers and there are freelancers as well. <clears throat> In a lot of cases, when we talk about freelancers, we actually mean <clears throat> just a contract, not the service that they're offering. If you are, are offering a generic service as a software developer, I'm sorry, but you're not a freelancer. You just get paid on a contractual terms. So but we, you, and then, you know, we've had, for example, contractors that work with us. We, the only difference between them and our permanent employees are, uh, and IR35 kind of, <laughs> you know, put, a, put an end to that. But the only difference was with the way they were, they were paid. Right. In they fact, some of them have been with us longer than most permanent people, true. and that's not that a freelancer. True. They are offering a, a a generic skill. They're not offering a service, right? So, and and they come to you and they get paid by you know the 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 day, and you decide how they work. That you direct their work. You even help with their with their career development. You're helping with their all those things. They are for all intents and purposes. You know, uh, they just have a different contractual model, right? Yeah, they are just paid in a different way, in different contractual model, but they are treated it, it, as normal. It, so if it, so, if a devel software developer is saying, "Well, actually, I can't stick at projects. I mean, I've got six month tenure on all projects because I am a fr uh, freelancer." Well, okay. What I would like to understand is, it's like what service I'm hiring. I'm actually hiring a developer to come and work on my team and be part of that team for the long term and establish themselves in that. I would hire a, a freelancer, a contractor, who is being paid in a different way, but I am expecting all the same behaviors that I would expect from the other five permanent people in the same team. Then I would, I would see if their tenure is, not, uh, is very short, because good contractors, and I've worked with many, um, who have this generic... Uh, offering they're offering their skills as software developers or whatever else they they don't usually just stay there for their first contract of three months or six months they establish themselves and they're very good at doing so as well they have certain skills because it's their business and they they have much more wider variety of skills and flexibility and communication and even leadership skills and they end up staying in places longer than most permanents do uh, so so that, that's where I would draw the line. It's like a freelancer, are you offering a very well-defined service for a very agreed period of time where the expectation is that you would offer this service and, and you would move on? That's a proper freelancer. Yeah, that's so how there, I there see is, it. Yeah, I, I see similar way. There is a, another uh, related situation. I remember like one of the guys that were in fact more than one, like a few people actually mentioned uh, working for startups and they said, look, uh, but would you judge me? But like, I normally work for startups and, and, and that is kind of like the, might justify my, uh, short employment. I, I have a problem with that excuse. If I'm hiring for someone like that, I, I expect that person to have a long-term employment with us. The, because like, for example, although I understand that the startup environment, mainly if you are really talking about early stage startups and not the scale-ups, uh, I understand that that context is more volatile. A lot of those companies, they will not make it, right? So they will, they're always under tight financial constraints. 
So I get all of that. But, but also a startup, because they don't have money just to, to spend as they wish, which means that every hire that they make needs to be very important for them because they don't have a lot of money to, to, to waste. So if they hire you, and, and then I would, for example, for me, it would be a bad sign if you work for like in, in two or three years, you work for five different startups. Then, then I would be thinking like, okay, so either you didn't contribute. So if they all died, we are really unlucky. If they all died and it's not your fault, you had nothing to do with it. Uh, you are very unlucky. Uh, but like most, probably what I would be asking myself is like, why were you not able to help them to the point that they succeeded? Or what was the condition for you not to be with them for more than a few months or like, so, so for me, it's a still a smell. I would still, for me, would be a red flag in there. And I said, look, I would think twice before uh, speaking to that person because what I would rather see is like, look, I worked for a, a few startups for a long time. And then like, for example, I took them at the early stages and I helped them to grow to the next stage. And then I let them start again because that's the kind of work I like doing. And if that's the case, I'm okay with that. But then I would also ask myself, are we a startup? Are we the kind of people that would uh, provide a, an environment that this person would be interested to work for? And that we would benefit from as well. Yeah. Exactly. Because then we also yeah. need to analyze that. Right. And, and probably, yeah. Totally. Um, the question about what about Peter Principle by Kevin? I think I know what mm -hmm. Kevin means is that you can <clears throat> be promoted into a role that you are no longer equipped for. You are then judged by that role. Of course, you may have had uh, pay rises and everything related to that. You don't fall well on that role and you move on. But now because you have experience of that role, you could probably talk about it. Uh, you can talk well about it even. But you, your expectation for compensation are, are higher, but you can't do that role anymore. But you can still get another job with the same role because you know it, you understand it, you can pass an interview. And I think that's what it means that Peter Principle can lead to job hopping is that you've got plenty, you, you are hopping from one role to the next because you, the, the level at which you are is beyond your current capability, but your expectation for compensation are higher than, your, than, than what market would pay for your true skills. And I think that's where you, it could be a very uh, good reason for people job. Yeah, Kevin, because my understanding match of the Peter Prince was similar, but Kevin just clarified that. I think he came through that from a slightly different uh, point. I don't know, Jose, if you want to take this one as well. It's like... No, no, no. And I think it's particularly in that case, the, the market plays a big part on that. Because if you're a shit manager or whatever, and there's no, you know, people are not killing for high managers, right? Then that's that's not going to fly. Even if you are, uh, you know, when, when, there, when there's not a lot of demand, no, uh, then that's not going to fly. Right, so I think for for our sector, especially in the last years, let's say, uh, there's been a lot of demand, 
and maybe that can be the case uh, in in that kind of context. I'm not saying just in the in our industry, no. Mm -hmm. uh, but when that's not the case, that's it's doubtful. But yeah, I think like you can if you if you're not capable, you can still get jobs, especially in the software industry, because as you said, there is so much demand. There's so many jobs, and not everyone is is people get it wrong. So you know, if you just play the laws of average, you apply for fifty jobs, you're gonna get one or two. You're just gonna end up saying the right thing, right? So that's one thing. And the other thing is that, especially in in software uh, development, people are hiring so much and so often that their 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 processes, their hiring processes, tend to weaken. And that's yeah, also it might become even a, a numbers game as well. Let's say, for example, some companies might say, like, uh, we need to hire 50 developers, right? And we know that you need to interview a lot of people to get to them. So uh, some companies will have, like, uh, a ratio of 10 to 1, even 20 to 1 sometimes. So if they're going to hire uh, 50, they might say, look, we need to interview how many now? Like, uh, a 1,000 people to get 50? So in the, the worst case scenario, maybe 500 to get 50. So then, as you were saying, Ash, they might say, you know what, lower the bar a bit, even if we have a few bad hires. But like if you hire 50 people and have five bad hires, they might be okay with that. Uh, but, but it's still the, the, and then some of those five will probably not make for, for too long. But, but the thing is, one thing is to, to lower the bar and hire more people, but like, for example, going back to what Kevin was, was saying, Kevin, so I understand that someone uh, searching for opportunities to the point where now they managed to get the job and now they're not capable of doing the job. And at that point, they, for whatever reason, right, that job was terminated because probably <laughs> the, both parts, parts were not happy. Uh, but then this person went for another job for the same position, it didn't work again. And then another one, because a job hopping means that you did it a few times, not just once, yeah? So if I look at the history and the person had a similar position and, and, and changed a few times, and if I'm hiring for that position, I probably would not hire that person. So if I need you to, to, to have a criteria and there is a limited amount of people that I would uh, talk to, I would try to elect the best CVs and if my expectation for that role is a long-term engagement with that person because it's a strategic role and stuff, that person would not make the cut. That, that, that's how I see that. Right. Hey, so what are, what are the, the to to uh, do a little bit devil's advocate here? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what are the pros of hiring a, a job hopper? So why would you, you know, what would tell the tip the scale no uh, for you to to do it I, I am, of hiring a job I yeah like what would exactly maybe not no pros because you can come up with a bunch of pros no but let's say in, in your case no it's clear sandro what your assessment of the situation would be because you know long term is kind of a is a big thing no like we we hire people that we want and, and we want them to stay with us for a very long time, right? Um, and that kind, of, that kind of pattern already sets up a precedent no, on, on lack of commitment or whatever, right? Potential lack of commitment. Now, what would tip the scale 
for you to say, well, okay, well, let's let's hire someone even they, with this. Um, even if they they have a like, yeah, even if you know that they're gonna leave soon, right? But they, let's say that there is there, there is that risk. Yes. Yeah, the risk is that they're gonna leave soon. Well, the but the, way, the risk is always practice. there. It's just you know you have some red flag, whatever you want to call it. No, or, yeah, it's You have more data than that. that yeah, it can, have people data, can leave even if they don't change. You know, <laughs> it's a higher risk that they will leave soon. Yeah. And I, I personally, the only way reason I would hire that person is is for a tactical reason because they are a tactical hire at that point. Yeah. And the tactical reason would be that they have a certain skill that I need immediately. So time pressures, um, it doesn't matter because they they will come and they will do a particular job. And if they leave, that they are easy to replace, you know, uh, or I have a finite kind of lifespan on that particular thing that I'm hiring for. So it would have to be a tactical thing. I'm assuming that you're not talking about people that are on the other spectrum where they've been in jobs for a very long time, right? You're talking about specifically job hoppers. And the only way I would I would hire someone who I know that have a high risk of leaving uh, the organization fairly quickly is that if I just need someone for just a small amount of time. Or I really need that skill, and I'm I'm struggling to find it elsewhere. Yeah, because for me that is a like that is a more commodity kind of role. And then if it works, great. If it doesn't, that's okay as well. But there is also, for example, because I would consider if there is a very specific skill that I need for a short period of time, uh, but it's still quite important, although time-wise not so much, I would consider a freelancer or a contractor. Right, so then, then, then you get someone that is specialized in a discipline that is happy just to come in to do that job. So you you have a contract for that job, and if and and if that work is finished, then thank you very much. You find your next contract, and then we keep going as we are. So I would favor that when the need that we have is very specialized, but it's a short period of time. Uh, but even for like for a longer term uh, position, like most of the people that we hire, and it's not for a very specific role, it's like, look, we are a, we are a service company, we have multiple clients and projects and stuff, and we want you to grow with us. And that person, like I, I would favor someone that is a bit more stable because we need that stability within our teams, within our clients. And so I, I would always struggle with a permanent job hopper, you know? Uh, I think unless they have something really unique that is that are unless they can complement there is something in their CV or or they were recommended by someone so we have more than just their job history then I probably would entertain but if the only thing I have is like let's say I have one position I have ten CVs to go through and I need to select five to do the interviews I would struggle to have that person in. Do you, so do, you do, do you have do you have any uh, I, other? I reasons? don't have a so, so let me let me put it this way. For me, it depends on the expectations on on that role. For me, someone joining and being with the company for a year and a half, that's that's good enough. Like you know, if if they, people want to move on, that's that's fine. They did their due. 
right? Like, I, I don't consider that uh, a bad investment, so to speak. Of course, if, you know, they, they need to do a good job, right? Like, we're talking about someone who joins, does a good job, and then decides to leave for whatever reason, yeah? I'm not talking about someone who's underperforming or whatever, right? Um, so for me, that's, that wouldn't be uh, such a big deal unless it's a role that I uh, that, that is, you know, an executive role or someone that I that is kind of like a cornerstone no, or, or keystone for something. Yeah. Then I would have a I would have an issue with that. Right. But there and, is an important point, isn't it, Jose? I mean, they've done, done their due. If you consider someone to be a job hopper, there is a certain level of transactionality involved in that. I mean, well, I know that it's impossible to avoid, and I know that a business is a business. There is a transaction happening, but it's not only a transaction, right? Because actually hiring someone is difficult. Getting them in, into embedded into a team is difficult. And when they leave, it's also difficult for the whole team. So it's it's actually a quite quite a traumatic process. People coming in and going out of the team. I'm uh, traumatic. I'm using the word a bit lightly, right? Uh, but and I would try to minimize that. I would not like as someone who is trying to create stable, well-established people who know mm -hmm. each other. They know how to work well with each other and so on. Mm -hmm. I would be looking to maximize the average tenure of the team members. And, and I would, not and I would as like well, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean, listen, I, I think this is a case of, this is a bit of a case of a guilty um, until proven in, you know, proven innocent kind of thing, right? Because we're, what we're saying is we're seeing a pattern, yeah? And that pattern may stop. At any yeah, point, but Jose, let the, me let me ask thing. you a separate, different question. Let me ask it differently, right? If if you take that to an extreme, yeah, mm -hmm. and you had to, you could hire ten people who are all job hoppers, given that same criteria. Would you hire all ten of them? Because your chances are gonna go through the roof of. Um, you know, a, of, a of one team. of those uh, actually uh, uh, leaving. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I understand what you mean. Uh, do I want to maximize that? No, I don't want to maximize that. If I can avoid it, I will avoid it. That's not that's not what I'm saying. I'm what I'm mm -hmm. saying is, is I don't give such a, a strong way to to that aspect. I give it a, a much more. Uh, I give much more weight to. How they did in the interview? Are they? Do I think that they're a good cultural fit? Do I like? Is it what I see? Is it something that I want to keep? Basically, mm -hmm. is, is what I give more weight to. And yes, you know, there there is that data point uh, of you know where they were in companies or whatever. And you know, it also uh, for me, it also depends on the role, right? Like, and this is this is important, like. Not only the the uh, corner store, uh, corner store, uh, uh, corner store, <laughs> the cornerstone <laughs> aspect <laughs> uh, that I was saying before, but also you know what kind of role it is. Like if it, if it's a salesperson, for instance, especially in our uh, in our industry, you would need more than a year for sure in order to bring results anywhere. You know what I mean? So then that for me would be, uh, that would take precedence over 
you know, some other stuff. But in our industry, like if it's, if it's a developer, I don't know, I, I would focus more on what do I see, you know, are they a good culture fit? Are they, you know, do they have the the right skills, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then, you know, I will make, certainly, I will make certainly a point of focus. evaluating them properly, no? No, uh, but certainly I would focus more, but I think Sandro made, raised this point earlier as well, right? You've got 60 CVs sat in front of you, right? And you've got a triage. And I okay, but and, this is what I this is what I said before as well. It depends on the market conditions uh, uh, as well, right? The, the question that you asked me is what 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 would I do, right? Like mm -hmm. all things being equal, if I can avoid the risk, I will choose to avoid the risk. That's clear, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I wouldn't, I don't put that much of a weight on uh, weight on that particular aspect, yeah. I I. Mm -hmm. I would still interview the guy. Let's say, let's say this. No, I would still interview the guy and see if I, uh, if I want to bring him in or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it would, uh, I, it would be one yeah. aspect that would matter, right? It would be like you look weighing differently. And I totally agree with you. It's not the main thing, right? In triage, if you got fifty CVs, I would definitely look at it. Even when I'm looking at someone later on, and remember, interview itself is a very fallible process, right? Some people are brilliant at interviews. CV, you know, your tenure doesn't lie, uh, but you can actually create very different impressions within an interview. So I think these things matter. But what I'm saying is that the the your tenure, your previous job history matters in terms of uh, as part of the decision making process that I employ um, in, you know, including all the other things. And of course, if they're really impressive and but I see that they're 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 job hopping. But I actually, you know, often I often actually ask. This I would question. ask them about that. I would ask yeah. them about that and yeah, see how yeah, they yeah, exactly. how they react. Yeah, yeah. I think it depends on where they are as well. Because for some, if they were job hopping and then they stabilized, so at which point do I get to speak to them? Where the point that they were very unstable, or the the point that they went over that hump and now they are more stable? Because like the the, the thing is, like I remember uh, in the Twitter discussion. Uh, that or originated this 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 talk. Like someone mentioned something like that. Oh, I had someone that was a job hopper. We interviewed this person. We heard that uh, the person's side of the story, and we provided a great environment for that person. This person has been with the company for ten years or more or what. So my answer to that was try not to to take an exceptional case and, and make it the rule. Because, like, although I, I, I agree, uh, like, I believe this person. I don't think this person was lying. I believe that this person was telling, uh, giving a real example of someone that was John Hoppy, and then that person found a place where she wanted to stay and grow. But the, the thing is, what, uh, what I was trying to say, and that's what Mesh's point as well, when, when, when you are hiring as a company, you have a limited amount of uh, of time and that you can spend uh, for certain for certain uh, interview process because the interview process is quite costly as well. Not only one one person is involved; it's multiple people are involved. And and then you need to filter. If you have just one position open and you have just one, two, or two or three CVs that uh, you have, yes, even a job hopper, I would interview as well because I only have three options, right? So you want to maximize. Uh, the chance of finding the right person to that. And you would give an opportunity to someone. 
But if I, instead of having three CVs to one, one row, I have 30 to one row, I need to have a criteria. And, and that yeah. is one that I would use to say, look, you know what, this person is very unstable and I don't have the time. I have far other people that are similar in skills, but they are far more stable. And, and what I'm looking for is stability, is continuity. Then this person would be out of, this person would not pass that criteria as there might be other things in their CV. This, uh, one thing was important that everyone remembers that although we are focusing on the, the tenure or the employment history, a CV is how a person, like including ourselves, we sell ourselves. We say, look, uh, if I'm looking for jobs, my CV is, 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 is me trying to sell myself and say, look, this is who I am as a professional. And, and I can be whoever I want. If, if I want to be someone that wants to experiment and job hop and get the experience and get the money and stuff, I'm entitled to do that. As a professional, I should do whatever is best for me in my career. But my CV, when I'm looking for a job, that's what people will see. Some people will relate to my CV, other people will not relate to my CV. And they will use a criteria to, for that relationship. One might be skills or, or, or whatever else, or industry experience or technology experience. And others might be tenure, employment history, time that they stayed in places. And for critical roles, uh, or even like for different roles, for example, uh, a developer versus a salesperson. Right, so a salesperson that stays six months in a job, I would I would not bring to the interview at all because like if you want a sales a salesperson is a quite a key important thing to drive business growth, and if you cannot even stay more than six months, means that you are not contributing at all. And I think that someone else mentioned that. I think that was I don't remember if it was Herman. Uh, Herman mentioned the transactionality of the job, and Kevin also mentioned that uh, something like that. If you don't stay for too long in a job, you don't learn. You don't go through the full cycle of joining a company, learning their business, getting up to speed to the point that you are productive and then be there for longer to make sure that the decisions that you made actually were sound. They, they, they made sense because if you are never there after to see the result of your uh, decisions, you always feel that you made good decisions. Right, so, and I would rather see that someone that stayed for longer in multiple places to see the impact of their decisions over time. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't think we disagree on that. Eh? Like, I think we, uh, we all understand that that is uh, an asset, no? that, that experience and that uh, also, uh, show of commitment and because because it's the other thing no like if you're constantly changing and it's because of happiness or whatever right like again it's like maybe maybe the problem is not every job that you've had right like maybe you should do some introspection and and figure out what it is that you really want you know because people cannot read your mind or whatever right but uh but if you you take that aside, no, and and going to uh, to Mash's question uh, before, my objective is not to maximize uh, whether people will <laughs> will leave. <laughs> That's not what I'm maximizing. No, what I'm maximizing is am I finding the right person to to do this right? 
and if I have other options, uh, then I have other options. If those options are right, then I'll end up hiring those options. Yeah. Uh, it's just another, what I meant by that is, it's just another data point. No, it is an important data point. It's something that you need to keep in mind, but it is. Yeah, it's not the. Don't make the decision the based on that, one data point. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not the only only decision, but it is an important one, as you said. And it can, I think, but the important thing what we are getting at is that people, it it can work against you when the competition is is strong. Hmm. Right. So when you have a lot of CVs sitting on your table, you'll be triaged out for one for that reason. When you got a bunch of people, you got an interview and you got a bunch of people who are at similar level, you're going to be you're going to be marked, you know, this area is going to impact your chances. So I think that's I that goes without saying. I personally would not think that is the only reason that you wouldn't hire somebody. That's that's definitely not the case. I mean, but it is an important point and it could when you are dealing with a, uh, a lot of competition it could mean that you you know you're not getting in front of people or you're not getting the chances that you would like to have yeah and this like Fran, Fran, Fran Clement uh, was saying like uh, what about the lack of horizontal career path out there and its relationship with more responsibilities salary etc in those non-residual situations seem like changing job uh, is the only way to grow up. So, Fran, my view Sorry, to, is... To, to grow up, no. To get more money. Eh? <laughs> That's no... To grow up. Oh, get, behind, to get new opportunities as well. I think there is an no. important point that if, you know, you yeah, might hit a glass ceiling and you may be changing yeah. jobs, yeah. yeah. So, so Fran, like, I, I take the point. So, I think that there are two sides to, to your question here. One is to understand why people would change jobs, yeah? And like, like someone else mentioned earlier on, like they mentioned happiness, like what you were saying here is like opportunities to grow, not only in responsibilities, but also uh, financially as well and stuff. And, and I think, uh, I find that this is a legit uh, reason for you to want to change jobs. But if you do that, if that's the, always the reason that you are changing jobs, like, so like six months later, one year later, and you are changing jobs and changing jobs in such a, a short period of time, I would question if those reasons are real. For example, if you didn't find the, the, the opportunities that we were, were looking for across so many different organizations in, short, in such a short period of time. My perception of that is that the, the, the expectations of this person is unrealistic because no other company could offer what this person is looking for. So that, that's how I would see that. Although in a, one occasion, two occasions, maybe apart from each other, the, the what you mentioned for the art and the, and the, the this is, this is a, This is quite an important point because when you do it because you want the exposure to other contexts and uh, or, or gain uh, skills and so on, when you're doing, when the reason that you're changing jobs is to continue growing normally you wouldn't expect that growth to happen in six months <laughs> you know what i mean that that growth should probably and, and the more you advance in your career it should probably take longer <laughs> right 
because you know it, it tends to plateau at some point right like at the beginning you learn a lot uh, and then every time that you you know the more you want to learn the, the longer it takes for you to get that you know 10 percent uh extra right so so that's the thing like it's it's difficult for me to believe that that is the main reason that someone is doing it. No, they need to have bad luck. No, they decided to change and then they went to a very toxic place that they didn't see during the interview process. No, and they could they got completely tricked or whatever. But how many times is that going to happen to you? Exactly. You know what so, I mean? <laughs> it, so so yeah. again, it's 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 there, right? Like it. it it's kind of visible as well in there, no? There, there is a good uh, good two points from uh, talking about testing and uh, Kevin as well. I don't know, Mesh, if you would like to take them, but like, for example, talking about testing is saying uh, what companies should do on their side for people not to hop. And Kevin is uh, along similar lines, uh, listening to the opinions, I believe that the problem of talent retention may play an important role in not changing jobs. So. Uh, I don't know if you would like to, to address that match because uh, we... Uh, yeah, there, there are, I, I think this is a, a, a slightly separate topic, right? Because there is definitely a problem with uh, people retention on average in our industry, right? Uh, part of it, the, so there are certain things that you can influence and other things that you can't. But there is a problem, uh, even internally, uh, that, you know, People, we are, you know, if you get it, we are competing more and more on kind of this autonomy, mastery, purpose, providing that place for people to flourish. And as a business, we need to do that, right? Because not most people on average don't leave because they are opportunistic or that they don't get on with people or all those kind of things. They leave because, you know, there's, they, they are, they're not satisfied with the with the work and they are you know that you know you can talk about autonomy mastery and purpose that is from Dan Pink and all those kind of things and there's a lot of things that we do try to do around that within our organization and we need to do that. I think that's one side from a from a business perspective to to make sure that you know you provide that good place for people to stay for as long as they can, right? Uh, but on the other hand, what we are talking about is regardless of what you do, there are certain types of uh, people, personalities, or wherever they are within their life, that they will job hop. So there, there is always uh, external, let's say, uh, factors that people will, will, will use to leave regardless of what you do. And that, and that you can't do nothing about. And I think what we are talking about is that because we are making the assumption that when someone has a pattern of leaving many jobs, many companies, then, then the problem is more likely with them and not with a company because they're not, you know, they're not fitting. As you said, their, their expectations might be quite unrealistic. Well, th there may be problems with the company, but that wouldn't be like the main, like even if, yeah, that that wouldn't be the main uh, contributor. I would well, say. and there, there is, exactly there is another uh, there is another point that there is no perfect organization. Every organization has problems, right? That's a, it's a given. And when you go into a particular place, reality bites, and certain things were as you expected. Other things may be better, but other things may be worse. 
or you know you might find it more difficult than you thought you would but there is a certain element of learning where you meet a challenge there is resistance and then certain kind of people they they actually tackle it head on and the, and you know of course you know there is a limit to these things but the, and there are other kind of personalities where there is such a such a great level of entitlement let's just say that they are always you know slight thing that goes wrong or you know they they're not looking to solve those problems they're looking for others to solve it and if they don't others don't solve it for there's them there's very little resilience and they said very little resilience yeah and yes. agency or 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 awareness that that, that yeah. they can lead and change things and and own the situation and really change it yeah yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and that's what i was that, that was what i was referring to before when you when you say okay boomer or whatever right but that's that's what i meant uh, 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 as well right like that idea of you know there's no this should everything should be easy right like everything should flow no man that's not how the world works <laughs> you know a lot of a lot of things you need to work your ass off to to yeah, get yeah. them to work right exactly because this this plays well with uh like what fran uh fran clement uh added more information he said like in the, in the case that he was mentioning until someone finds a place where the things these things are valued and then he mentioned like uh thanks for the kind words about my uh my talks and my book uh fran But then he makes makes the point about like someone needs to find the place. And Alexon Fortes uh, also said something like, "Imagine you are in a place where there is zero software craftsmanship, and people do not want to change. Would you stay there?" Uh, so those two things like are related. So if you just say that, uh, Alexon, uh, yes, maybe there are some expectations that I would have. Uh, Maybe like not that the, the craftsmanship values are, uh, for example, that they have all the, the practices and the ways of working that I want, but at least they are willing to, they are open to new ideas, to be discussed and stuff. For, of course, that if, if I feel that they are, that we are very incompatible, let's say, yes, I probably would not stay there. But how many times would I use that excuse? And I think this is where what Mash and Jose were, were, were saying is like, one thing is just to think, I will create a, the ideal world in my head, yeah? And then when I join, if that company doesn't match my ideal world, I will blame the company and leave. While, uh, on, like for example, uh, Fran, you mentioned my book a few times and, and uh, us being better at identifying company patterns and the metadata as you pointed in there. But I also talk a lot in my book of personal responsibility of us driving the change uh so so while we need to to be better at choosing a company uh that is more aligned to 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 what we want to do i also wrote a lot about personal responsibility in what can we do to change those places and take responsibility to, to be that change ourselves and when uh, after failing for a long time and really exhausting all the other possibilities and say you know what We are really incompatible, so I'm going to leave. But like, I cannot use that excuse too many times, right? So if every company, I say that the company is wrong because they don't have the same values, either I suck at finding the, the, the good companies to work for, or I'm not very good at, at convincing anyone about my, my view of the world. And that's for me, is a problem.
So uh, the let me see. There is Gerai just dropped. Uh, uh, just came in. I did have uh, for a few years out of our circumstances that had nothing to do with my willingness to stay. And there's also that brilliant people in their mid-career growth, faster, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so I think that the, 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 there is a point in here that you might be at a period of your life that you are hopping, that you don't really know what you really want, or you have ideas, you join, you made a, a mistake or you joined, something else happened. So let's say that you were unlucky, unlucky for a few times. Uh, I understand that this is this might be the case, like uh, because I know some of you on the channel, I know that some of you, for example, you had to move countries or you had COVID or you worked for a startup where things didn't go well. So, but you cannot use that excuse forever, right? So, so, there will be so it, you need to understand that regardless of what happened, that you'll be in your CV, and some companies will not even bring you to an interview. And when they bring you to an interview, you better have a very good reason to be able to explain that. Well, I said, Look, you know what? That was my situation. I had this personal uh situation in my life, I changed countries, or I worked with a startup that I was in love with. Unfortunately, we worked our ass off. I, we did everything we could, and unfortunately, the business model didn't prove right. So, and, and those are valid things to say. But but if you only have a sequence of those things, you need to understand that that is part of your CV. It's part of how people you see you. Yeah, I I, I completely agree with that. And it's it's uh, I mean, in the the case where because someone was saying, no, you go to a place they don't. I don't know, they don't value craftsmanship or whatever, right? But that's one change. And what we're talking about when we're talking about job hoppers here, and this is part of the definition that we gave at the beginning, is there is a pattern, right? Like there is, there's not one event that you have there. It's like there's a series of events that already show you, no, uh, that pattern. Uh, and that wouldn't be the, the case, no? Like finding one bad place is not job hopping, you know? It's having back luck, no? Uh, but when it, when it is a, a pattern, then you, yeah, you see it. And people will, you know, give it more weight or not, or decide how to treat you, no? Or if they want to even interview with you, no? Yeah. There was a thing that, uh, talking about passing said, like, what about the excuse of life is too short? I just want to really emphasize a point, because uh, I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm all in favor for everyone to do whatever they want with their careers. They should do what is best for them. Yeah, so I wrote a full book on, on personal relationship and career and stuff. So uh, I think that people should do what they feel that is right for them. But the point that I'm trying to make in here, do what is right for you, but you cannot control how you're gonna be perceived by other people. So your actions and your decisions and the way that you conduct your professional life it will generate, like, people that will need to hire you, they will see your decisions in a certain way. Some of them will like the decisions that you made. Some of them will not like. Some of them will find that you are suitable for what they need. Some of them will find that you are not suitable for what they need. And you just need to be aware of that. So by all means, lead, lead your career, lead your lives the way that you, you, sh you want it to be, but be aware that you are not alone in the world. 
right? Either you have your own company and do your own thing somehow, but you still will need to have interact with other people that you need to sell your service. They need to pay money for the, for what you provide. And you need to be worried, like as a professional, of the image that you are put, portraying, right? So, and that that's what you need to 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 be very aware. So, yeah, is there anything else? I mean, so. No, I think the, there's a lot of stuff that you know you can attach to job hopping and someone was saying oh I'm, I'm worried that they don't take enough time to really understand the context therefore they don't really develop any skill they don't have time to develop any skills therefore that whole idea of oh bringing different experiences from different places you no know, or industries or different skills may not at all be a reality right because they don't have enough time to develop those so when they come they they may have a little bit of a you know, a coat of paint, <laughs> no, but that's, uh, but that's about it. Uh, as well as if they're already thinking that they will be living in a short time, they may not be uh, committed or not build the relationship within the, the organization that uh, actually helps with doing the work, right? And, and with really helping the organization evolve uh, as well. So there's lots of stuff that you can attach to that. I think uh, I think that there might be some uh, potentially uh, let's say positives to to that, no. And again, I'm not going on the you know they're only doing it for the money. I'm I'm thinking okay, they really do you know my my idea of this job offer is like if you stay more than year and a half, then you know for for me you had enough time to really develop certain skills or at least understand well enough the context, if it's more and more, whatever, right? But uh, but that's it. And I think in, in those cases, people who come in may even have the, uh, let's say, the, the pressure to perform and they will, they will even be willing to take on harder challenges, yeah? Uh, and, and that's an asset uh, as well, right? Like, if they do have the skills, if they do have that drive, no, because let's say that they're doing it because they want to get the skills or they want to get that especially they are doing it to to really dig in, no, and and get messy, not to be comfortable, right? Or not to be, you know, whatever. And and those things I think are yeah, are positives, no, in, in that sense. Uh do you see any other uh, positives that you would say, okay, maybe, no? This is something that uh, it would bring. Well, people changing jobs quite often. No, people change. Oh. Let's say that people who've had that those different contexts, no, and they've had that uh, possibility to bring in new skills as well. Like for instance, they whether you like it or not, they've been in different contexts. They they do there. There is some cross pollinization that could happen. Someone, uh, I I um, I wrote a. A little poll in on Twitter, uh, you know, should you hire a uh, job over J or Nay or you know, Siri? So, and some people answer it, it could be like the like the bees in open space or the butterflies and everything. Like people who are moving from one, you know, room to another in an open space, and they're kind of cross pollinating, cross pollinizing, no, bringing ideas from one place to the other. I think that that is in itself could be an asset, right? Like even you have a, but, but a you skill. don't have to use job hoppers for that. 
<laughs> no, no I, agree. I, I agree. I am trying to find a some anyway, right? <laughs> I, I, I agree. I agree. I, I am trying to find some positive in the in the whole thing, right? Like I don't want to be doom and gloom on everything. Basically, you know, like I tried. I, I normally like I'm the half full kind of guy, like so. I really try to to see like, but but I I've been struggling with this one. I, I'm finding very hard uh, to find positives. Uh, because uh, as we discussed before, there are certain things that we want. Hire a specialist, hire a contractor, temporary guy, a person, comes in, full of skills, do the job for a short period of time. Thank you very much, because that's what that person does. Some highly skilled, short-term gigs, make a big impact in a short period and leave. But for the most common jobs that we, for example, when you think about building a company, at least the company that we are building, like, and I believe that a lot of companies are similar to ours in this respect. They have aspirations. They want to build. They have an idea. They want to. They want to build something bigger. Uh, they want people to come in to buy into the, the the vision, to to be part of that journey and stay with the company for longer. And, and when you are running a business in this way, and I truly believe that most companies. Again, we might be different in many aspects, but in this side, I believe that most companies are very similar. They are in there for the long run, right? So they want people to grow with them and to, to, to be in that journey with them. And, and for those companies, it's difficult. I, I, I struggle to see a, a positive of someone that has high expectations and contribute very little. So that, that's, that's how I see it. Right. It's so, very, very um, nice of you, Jose, to try to play the devil's advocate and see the right thing. And I'm sure, uh, you know, like if you, as you said, you know, people have many circumstances and so on. But if you look at it from a cold light of day, uh, you know, you, you're going to hire those kind of people because of a tactical reason. You're not going to hire someone who's been hopping jobs for a a very strategic reason because they themselves don't actually view their job as as a strategic thing. Yeah. So I think that's I, the the the, the yeah. where I would draw the the distinction is that there are many reasons to hire job hoppers, but they are tactical reasons. So yeah, so so the, the we, we, it, I, I knew that this would be a quite a long episode. Yeah, so I know that we need to wrap up. That is just like I'll do a Jose, right? Uh, so I'll throw in another topic for them wrap up. So it is almost the opposite now, right? So what about, how do we feel? Because this is a question that was asked on Twitter. How do we feel about someone that stays for many, many years in a company? I'm talking about 10 years or longer. So if we were, if we had that opposite, how we would see, would we have red flags or not? How would we perceive that? It, it, for me, it would be a red flag, but also on the other hand, it depends on the kind of role that they're performing, right? Because certain jobs allow you the diversity of roles and others don't, right? And maybe I'm excusing my own career because I stayed at one job for nine years, <laughs> but it was a consultancy and I worked for many different clients. Now, well, we, you are at Kojunas for nine years now. <laughs> exactly. That's another thing. Yeah, exactly. Nine and nine and four years. In I haven't had a long career, really. 
four, four different four different employers but um the but you know the the funny thing is that when i left uh my pre consultancy after nine years i had exactly this fear am i stagnated right and when i joined another company which was definitely a very large organization where where people were sitting on that very same chair for for the past 20 years i realized what stagnated actually meant right so so i would say that yes it can be it can be a problem that if you are in a job for a very long time that you've not had many different contexts and and yes i would look at it and investigate and then i would try to understand the experience the way they worked the way they traveled within that organization to try to understand have they had a diversity of experience you know or and if that goes back to you know like is it like 15 years of experience or one year of experience fixed 15 times or have they been just been doing the same job forever right or the same role the same place the same team you know that of course the the opportunities for learning diminish over time but you know there is a, a kind of a happy medium you know you can be too uh too short in a in a particular role in a particular situation or you can be there for too long as well yeah so for me like uh i i would like to see the difference, I think that's what you were mentioning. Like, let's say someone stayed there for 10 years or, or even longer. What was the journey of that person with, in that company? Because we see that on LinkedIn. Every now and again, we go to someone in LinkedIn. Because like, at the position that we have at Codunas, we tend to speak to high po- people in high positions within our clients, right? So VPs of these or heads of that uh, and so on and so forth. And, and it's very normal when we go to business meetings, speaking to those people, and we look at their history, and they've been with the same company for a very long time, but then most of them would put on LinkedIn, LinkedIn, for example, their progression. They were like three years doing one job and then two years doing another job. And then, so they were growing with the organization, right? So I find that very positive, really, really positive. Like I think there is someone that takes a mission, they found a place that they like. They have their colleagues that they like or the environment or the industry or technology, whatever that might be, but they found a place that they like and they were willing to grow. They, they moved away from their comfort zone. They mastered. The way that I interpret that is like they were doing some, a job very well and then they had the opportunity to, feel, to fulfill a new position. So the company felt that they were a good candidate. They took the job probably they had potentially maybe, maybe that it was the only candidate available or maybe they, they might have others, but regardless, this person took the job. And then this person stayed in, in that job for another few years. And then the organization felt that this person was also able to do a, a bigger job and so on and so forth. So I would see that trajectory excellent. In fact, I would go even further than that I wish I can provide that environment in our organization for a company like that, like that, to stay with us and grow with us like that. Someone that is looking for to find a good home and grow with the company and do what it takes and be willing to move around, be flexible, change and do what's best for the company and enjoy that right. 
I would love that. And then there is a scenario where the same person was staying, uh, the person stayed for the same amount, 10 years or more, doing a very similar position. They didn't climb that much. I would still not see that as negative. And, and I'll tell you why. Not everyone, so when you think about, regardless of how you try to organize your company, as flat as you can try to make it, you will still have a pyramid effect. There will be some positions of authority or responsibilities, and they will be fewer than others, right? So there is just one team lead in a team. You cannot have, but you have more developers. There is just one person that, or a small group of people that will lead a client project, right? So, so there will always be fewer positions. So this will, regardless of how flat a pyramid is, but it's still a pyramid, yeah? So I would still see with good eyes, someone that says, you know what? I don't have big ambitions in life. I just want to find a great place, find good friends, find a good environment where I can come in, do what I like, that might be whatever that might be, uh, writing code, being a business analyst, a project manager, or whatever that person does, or they work in marketing and sales, whatever that person does, yeah, in recruitment. And so I just want a nice place to work with, with a group, great group of people. And I have other things in life that I'm interested in also. But this person is a person normally to stay there for a long time, is a person that normally works well with a team, uh, plays, plays their job well, come in, do their job, go home. And, and companies should have a place for those people. I think that those people are important to have them as well, right? If everyone wants to be the, the next boss or the, the, the one that will change the world, it, it would be impossible to manage that. Imagine a football team with that, where everyone wants the ball 100% of the time. It would just not work. See, 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 see what I'm saying? So even in the worst case scenario, of someone staying long in a company, I would still see in far better eyes than I would see someone job hopping. It, it, we're at the end of this thing. There's so much to unpack in your last uh, <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Why do you do this to me? So, yeah, but, but uh, uh, the point, okay, so I would not rule this person out. I would, this person I would bring to the interview, regardless. Okay. The other yeah, ones yeah. I wouldn't. That, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, okay. that's probably okay. <laughs> we so, can probably have another fight each other. Okay, I, I appreciate that. You said in yeah. there. <laughs> so okay, so there are many other questions. I know that you have. One. Okay, so I think we should probably wrap up, right? So it's been an hour and eighteen now. So Jose, you go first. You want to wrap up? Take your time because you might want to. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll I'll, I'll go more nice uh, quickly. I think. Um, yeah, there are many reasons why you would want to do it. Uh, overall, I think long term, it, it's not gonna get you necessarily what you want. Like you need to be very clear on why you would do it. You know, um, uh, and I would say for, for a company, uh, I mean that is just another data point that you have uh, when you are evaluating a candidate. It's an important one. No, it could tell you some stuff like. Make sure that you address it, you know, uh, when you're interviewing and so on. But put enough 
let's say effort and care into your selection process so that you can wither out whether that is really you know a problem or not because uh, in the end you're trying to find the best person to do uh, the job and to to contribute to your company and that again you may be someone that has been hoping lately no or whatever um, but it is on on you no it's it's not a rule of thumb or no avoid it or completely dismiss it there are contexts in which yes you should definitely avoid it and there are contexts where where you may want to look or or at least consider that can be beyond just what is in the CV. And that's a decision that as a company you, you, you need to do, no? Um, and make sure to address it uh, during the interviews and so on. There is no, you know, we, we're talking about job hopping as a, you know, they're not going to be staying with the company for long or whatever. That also happens with people that are not job hopping. So the, the risk is always there, right? So I guess that the, the message is you need to put a process in place that will get you out of the of the false positives no uh, uh, as much as possible no uh, and just you know sometimes you may uh, you might without some people that would have been good because you're using certain criteria but what you really don't want is you know to get someone in that is not gonna work out right uh, whether that reason is tactical or strategic or whatever, that's that's a, a, another consideration that you need to have. No? Mm -hmm. And uh, and that's it. Yeah, Mesh? Um, yeah, from my point of view, I think balance is Im important, right? Your career is, it, it, you know, when you, when you look at your career, forget about thinking about who's going to hire you and who's not going to hire you. Just thinking about purely from your own perspective, there needs to be a, a kind of uh, diversity, but also there needs to be uh, enough. Uh, you need to stay in places long enough for, for you to learn the things that only come with time. And if you're not going to give them the chance, then, then your own growth is going to be stunted in certain directions. So, you know, staying in the same position is bad. And job hopping is also can be bad for, for your growth in terms of the, if you want to grow in a more rounded way in your career. So then, then people will also look at that, that and judge you by it. Rightly or wrongly, they might get it completely wrong, but they will judge you by it. So be, you know, be deliberate and try to minimize when you are applying for jobs to try to find the right job. When you're being interviewed, remember that you're also interviewing. You should be looking at your the, the company that you're applying for. You should be looking at it, at it deeper than just uh, you know going to a recruitment agent and who's just sending your CV to uh, 80 different places and just getting your job interviews. You need to do your homework find yourself a good fit, just like the company is also fine trying to find a good fit. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic point, Mesh. So the, I also, for me, like is you as an individual, you should do whatever it, you feel that is right for you. But at the same time, companies should also do what is right for them. And the same way that we probably should not just kind of uh, judge people in their own options, companies have all, also their own uh, references and then ultimately unemployment is a two-way street yeah 
So you as as as, as a, a professional, you are looking for a place to work for, and you have your own criteria. You might be choosing a place that you want to spend many years of your life moving forward, or you just might be looking for the next thing that will give you some very specific uh, opportunity to 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 practice or to learn something, or you you like you are specializing in one area and you want to do that kind of work. So there's nothing wrong in how you position yourself, but also companies will also, whatever, the way that you position yourself as a professional, uh, you will create like an image. You have an image as a professional. And the companies that are looking for professionals, they will look for people that you match that expectation. If your image re resonates with that company, you, you, you might have a good deal, right? So if, if your image doesn't resonate, you, that company will not even call you for an interview, and that's okay as long as you understand that, right? So the but but I think that uh, if you are if you are changing jobs every six months, there is a consequence. There is a negative image, most negatively than not, unless that you are highly specialized uh, professional that does that's your job. You do very short stunt, hardcore stuff. You come in do something difficult that very few people can do, and you add a lot of value in a short period of time, then great. But that's the kind of work you sell. Uh, but I think that what you said, Mesh, that is very important, and, and quite a few people touched upon that, uh, Fran and a few others. You as an individual, as a professional, you need to choose your jobs better, right? So do your research. Don't go to a recruiter. This is exactly what Mesh said. Don't go to a recruiter and say, I'm looking for a job find me a job. Do your research. If you read your, if you're really serious about your profession, I think that, uh, who, who was it? Uh, Alexon. Alexon, you mentioned about craftsmanship. Like, what if we go to a place where they don't value craftsmanship? So if craftsmanship is an important aspect for you, then find the companies that value that. By the way, we do. But like, uh, so do, what? you create that, 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 that uh, criteria for you, where would you be happy? What kind of company? Do that research. And then send a personalized email. Go to their website and apply. I can guarantee you, right? Unless that you are a completely misfit. Like, but, but if the company is hiring for something and you feel that, okay, I have some experience, if you send, if you go after those companies and send a direct message to them, like you will get an interview. That you'll be crazy for someone, for a company not to give you a, a, an interview when you apply directly and you are a good match for that role, right? So, so do that. And then you probably will increase the chances of finding what you're looking for and the companies you see you with good eyes regardless of your employment state. That's another thing that is very important because when you apply directly, even if you have like uh, uh, an employment history that you know that is a bit complicated, when you apply, put in your cover letter, I think that uh, Gerai, you mentioned that, put in a cover letter when you apply and say, look, this is my current situation. That's, that's what I'm looking for. This is what happened. And I really like what you are doing. I would love to have an opportunity to speak to you. 100% certain that they will call you for an interview. Yeah, or at least they will get back to you uh, with a message.
So that's that's how I would finish that. Okay, so if you liked all those chats, I'd like to thank uh, all everyone uh, that have been with us on YouTube, on LinkedIn. Uh, you sent your message, your comments, you shared your experience. You really made this episode much better. This is the same for all the other episodes. It's awesome to have you all with us for almost an hour and a half now, sharing your questions, experience and stuff. Thank you very much. If you're not subscribed, please subscribe to the channel, put the thumbs up. It helps you to take this video to other uh, people as well. And I hope to see you next week again. Thank you very much, everyone. See you next time. Thank Bye -bye. you.